In a career that spans over three decades, the one thing that doesn't change is change itself. How do you stay relevant? How do you stay on top? In the ever-changing scenario that we call life, how do you save that aspect of yourself that made you who you are? When trends rule the world, is class lost? Today's local hero is a pioneer of radio. You've heard his voice waking you up in the morning. He's been the face of many brands and TV channels. He's compared the biggest shows in India and most importantly, inspired me to sit behind the mic and say my piece. My brother, my mentor, Rishikesh Khanna. Hi Rishi, welcome to the show. I've been wanting to have you here since forever. You know that it's because of you that a lot of things have come on track in my life. I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed uh, that I'm here. I'm very blessed that you say that I've influenced you in some small way. Because these are the things that matter in life. You're able to touch people with your work, with your life. There's no greater joy because everything else is short-lived. The money is short-lived, the fame is short-lived, but these are things that stay on. And I'm just so proud of everything that you're doing. There's so much to learn from you, the way that, uh, you know, you've built yourself as an entrepreneur, completely self-taught. There's nobody in your family who's an entrepreneur. You come from a family of sports people. To be a media entrepreneur at that, to get your technology and sound so right, to get your presentation skills in order and to build a, a cozy, beautiful little studio is not an easy feat. Uh, Rishi, you started off radio when there was one channel, yeah. just one channel. Uh, you started off when you had to use those spools, you know, CDs you used to skip, right? There used to be scratches on them and you had to be on your feet the whole time because we are recording this right now. When I fumble, I cut it out. When you fumbled, the whole world heard you. From that time, what is that one thing you'd like to point out that hasn't changed in your life? Authenticity, because I still fumble and I let it go. On a live broadcast, I actually go live. I sit in the studio. You've been a guest on my show. Your dad has been a guest on my show multiple times. And you know how it works. And if a fumble happens, so be it. And I think audiences have come to respect that and love that authenticity. A natural offshoot of that is reality television and a natural offshoot of that is reality social media where things are happening live on the fly and people are respecting and loving authenticity. So I, I, I just did it at a very early age when it was very nascent and before it was a cool and normal thing to do but now it's the normal thing to do. Uh, there's something about you people don't know. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. You have cupboards full of CDs. When it came to music, the first time you had come out to a house, you had given me two cassettes. So you've not changed that much over the years. You've not, uh, you've not really changed as a person when I'm talking about you on your media personality. How has it been in this changing world to keep that aspect of yourself as 
clean as it is that's a beautiful question it's a wonderful question i don't get asked that at all as far as the series are concerned i can't bear myself to give them away my wife and my mother always joke saying that if i'd saved the kind of money that i spent on cds we'd be living in a bigger house today <laughs> but i can't bear to give them away i mean i know that with the advent of the modern era it's all about streaming services and i've graduated to streaming services but every once in a while i will still pull out a, a cd and play it and uh, certain constants remain i am still discovering new music one of the first questions i asked miran when i came in here is what are you listening what is actually straight stayed true through it all is that i have constantly reminded myself that none of what i'm doing is actually a very very big deal i think it was just the way we were brought up you know a uh, family of high achievers uh, my mother is a bsc msc bed educationist then she did a diploma in small scale industries from rotterdam did a diploma in large scale industries from washington retired as the ceo of the cii confederation of indian industries my dad retired as the ceo of lnt so there were such high achievers that uh, no matter what you did you were not put up on a pedestal you were encouraged and said good job but there's miles to go before you sleep and i mean i'm not please please do not think for a moment that i'm comparing myself to the great mr amitabh bachchan i'm not but you ask mr bachchan this and it's a great lesson to all of us and he says that they didn't think he was great shakes when he was growing up because his father was an intellectual and a wonderful poet his mother was uh, part of social literati who knew prime ministers and presidents and they said you know you're doing all right and of course they were immensely proud all parents are very proud but nobody at home put him on a pedestal and said oh my god you are up there which is why he's he's able to stay grounded and uh, i'd like to pay homage and thank my parents for an upbringing like that and i've constantly tried to inculcate humility in my life uh, till about 5 uh, years or 6 years ago the humility was also about not appreciating myself that much and no matter what i achieved i was like ah is nothing that has changed i do give myself a pat in the back now and then and said you know well done i'm not as hard on myself i used to be very 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 hard on myself i was my harshest critic i was a man who was constantly pulling myself up i was a man who would work 22 hours a day and say why am i not working harder and that has happened because of my children and my wife it started uh, round about the time when my first child was born 2 or 3 years into her coming in she's 9 today my younger one is is almost 3 and then beautiful i ages to have huh? beautiful, beautiful ages. ages that's when i said that maybe i should i should go easy on myself because if i was not going easy on myself chances are that uh, you know they need to love a father who loves himself a little more agreed so that's what has changed so family has been a big big change in your life oh, before i come to your family there's something that i wanted to ask you and i remember this very clearly this is when radio was privatized you know suddenly from one radio station you had so many coming in and you had been picked up by the biggest one back then 
there's a conversation that you had had saying that your old show was 2 hours the new one is 4 how are you going to fill in 4 hours of content and that was a, that was a fear in you at that time that worked out beautifully for us because we get to hear you for 4 hours but what are the different transitions you faced like this one that has actually been uh, scary but been like a blessing in disguise wow again it's a beautiful question so from 2 i went to 4 hours and now i do a 5 hour show you're right initially it was like a looming sword in in front of me but now sometimes i feel that maybe even 4 hours is a little less there's so much of content to cover if you're aware and your senses are in the moment and you're as acting as a sponge to absorb things there were lots of trials and tribulations and everything i tried to do met with opposition but i persevered can you give an example so i turned around and said what is it that i can do that will enhance radio programming what is not happening on radio so i said can we do a car review show it was met mirang with opposition from everybody so you nuts cars is a visual thing you have to see a car to be able to review it and i said no radio is the theater of the mind i want to stimulate the conversation like you're doing as stress moron with me today it will work everybody shot it down no 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 this that and then one person who was in a in the position of power and management uh, i went up and said just give me 2 weeks of doing this i have a sneaking suspicion it will happen the two was stretched to 3 weeks and today i have a weekly car review show which has run for over a decade wow then i wanted to do technology because mobile phones became huge electronics became huge and i always think in the perspective of my listener if my listener wanted to know what phone to buy what pad to buy what laptop to buy where will he go i should be able to give him that advice and i said i want to do a tech show so what do you think you are a cnbc tv 18 and ndtv profit <laughs> where they show phones and do close ups and they talk about the phones i said no again it will work just give me 2 weeks, weeks 3 weeks on the air decade on there's a tech show everybody wants to do tech now you switch into multiple radio stations they're talking tech nobody wanted to do it they said radio is supposed to be announce the song play the song crack a joke play the song sometime in the lord's year 10 2010 2011 i was the current radio station that i'm with radio 1 i was doing the show in hindi my boss at the time decided to make it english and after doing hindi for a few years tarik ansari is his name tarik said this might be a time to come back with english when i started english radio trials and tribulations again i said once a week we will have a show in which movie stars were bollywood movie stars will come and talk in english and we will not say aapka character kya hai aur aapka role kya hai we will talk to them about what's on your playlist oh wow you know you listen to coldplay you listen to keen you listen to justin bieber have you gone for a concert Where have you traveled? Oh wow, you've traveled to Egypt. Because a lot of these people have international sensibilities, and it was my firm belief that because you're working for an English radio station does not mean 
you pretend to be a foreigner. Anybody who picks up the Times of India and the Hindustan Times and reads an English newspaper should be able to listen to you. And this was the new India. And I said, look here, this one is easier to do because this is proven. No, but that is proven in television. I said, give, give me it a two weeks. <laughs> and then they reached a point where the sales guys said, I said, no, dude, that's pushing it. Then most recently, as recent as a couple of months ago, because I'd been with Radio 1 for, for the longest time, over a decade and a half, I was told, why don't you take up a, a managerial position? Become brand head for Radio 1 all over India. And I said, man, I've always been in, in front of the mic. Behind the microphone, I've never done anything which is managerial. And I resisted initially, but then there were some well-wishers, family, who turned around and said, what is one of your primary objectives in life? To be successful and also give back. To help nurture and train talent so that directly or indirectly they get inspired to bring out the best in them in themselves. Is there something that I can do to give back to a station and medium that has given me so much. And I bit the bullet. And I said, the only way to do it is to give it a shot. And now I'm brand head for Radio 1. A lot of it is new to me, making Excel sheets and PowerPoint presentations, <laughs> seeing what traction we can get for our videos. And it's not just me and I have to think of, I have to think of our family. So I'd like to say I'm in, I'm in a new phase of my life. But I was very clear, I said, even if I am to take on a managerial role or further responsibility, I cannot give up broadcasting in the morning. So it's been beautiful, it's been tough, it's been a wonderful ride, but it's been a very, very blessed ride. Some of it has driven me over the edge almost, but I've just held on. You know, sometimes, Mirang, the biggest lesson in life, not just to be a local hero, which is the name of your program, but to be a hero for yourself is to just hang on. Because life sometimes, or you of your own doing, can push you to the edge of a precipice. That there is a time to just hold on to that precipice. And suddenly a cloud, or a bird, or some strength will happen that you'll be able to haul yourself back on the mountain again and get onto normal ground. So I've held wow. on. <laughs> Rishi, you spoke about your family. You've got a very demanding job. As soon as somebody rises, there are 20 people to push that person back down. So your stress of work is not just performing at work. Your stress at work is also keeping yourself up there. How does that affect you at home? You've had a bad day. Somebody has pulled you down. How does that you know, affect you at home? It's another beautiful question. We all struggle not to bring our troubles back home because you want to keep the atmosphere untainted and tension-free. I struggle sometimes. But I'm conscious enough to understand that I should not be irritable at my family or my spouse or my children because of an external factor, which in this case would be work, for example, or how people have dealt with me. It's much easier actually when your children are much younger because they're such innocent, beautiful beings that you, you can't think of being irritable with them. 
but you know especially with your parents and your wife you must not take them for granted because your success is theirs and the reason you are able to be successful is because of all the time the sacrifices they put in as much as your father and god bless your mom's soul your mother strove worked hard and sacrificed for you my parents did too and my my wife she was a successful actress in in tv serials and soaps and when we had our first baby i said you want to get back to work don't let me hold you back and she said no i'm really enjoying being a mother and that is the most powerful wonderful job in the world when you're a homemaker it could easily be the other way around she could be out working and i could be taking care of the kids but she chose to do that when we had our second one i asked her the same question i said you know you want to go back to work and she goes no i'm really enjoying this and she had a very valid point she said you know kids grow up really fast who's to say by the time they're 15 16 17 they want to leave home after the 12th standard go abroad study further get into a hostel and we've got limited time with them and uh fine one of us has to go out and be the bread earner like i said it could easily be her instead of me but uh, she she said go ahead and do it i mean i'm here and i'll take care of this uh, i think it's a very beautiful thing to for a husband and wife to have that conversation and take up a role that's suitable to them but talking about family you moved out at a very young age and you were not as uh, experienced as you are now uh, mentally as well as professionally what made you move out so young and what gave you the confidence to actually say i am something i can make it wow these questions are just amazing man <laughs> yeah I, i moved out of my 12th after my 12th standard my father was on a tra- transferable job we schooled in calcutta we schooled in lucknow then i went to college in delhi i did my postgrad in bombay and i just stayed on when i finished my 12th standard in lucknow uh lucknow university or colleges in lucknow just didn't cut it of course the standard has gone up now there are wonderful educational institutions everywhere but um back in the mid 90s in the late 90s people went out for higher education the school system was excellent finished to 12th and i said you know it's just a shatabdi ride away you know a few hours and i want to go to delhi and i moved and i was such a kid man <laughs> my ages 17 to 24 25 were just a blur you know i was just working and partying and exploring and uh, and there came a time you know it's it's crazy a lot of people get into spirituality and meditation much later in life but i discovered spirituality and meditation pretty early in life by my standards or anybody's standards i reached a point when i just naturally gravitated towards spirituality and philosophy and i don't mean in a religious manner i took a couple of art of living courses i went to pondicherry to oroville you know and uh, meditated there i went to vipassana in igatpuri did courses my father is a big believer in uh, the chinmaya mission and swami chinmayananda read chinmayananda's books read eckhart tools books did what you had to to get peace yeah i mean it was just 
Wonderful. But then I realized that I can't be doing that all the time. In ancient India, they talk about various ashrams in your life. Brahmachari ashram when you're a bachelor, Grihastha ashram when you're a householder, family member. You know, there's Vanaprastha ashram. There is, there are various stages of a man or a woman's life. And I said, when, you know, a lot of people are obsessive personalities in the sense, if they will get into yoga and meditation, they will only do that. If they work, they will only work. How does one find a balance? Were you obsessive? I was reaching the point of obsession. You're right, yes. But then I realized that, you know, I've, I've got to work and work also gives me a lot of happiness. So from, and this was a whole phase that lasted almost five years, Miran. It was almost like a, a, not even a forced sabbatical, but my life veered in that direction. It almost as though it was supposed, I was supposed to have certain pressures in my life early on so that I am able to instinctively, and I've never talked about this in any interview before. Wow, this is the first time ever I'm talking about, ever. But it was almost as though all the, the pressures of early work, success, all of that were destined to push me in the direction of spirituality. To try and get a little bit of maturity and try and get a little bit of metal for what would be an event, eventful second innings of my life. And I came back much calmer, much more peaceful. I hadn't stopped working altogether, but working had taken a backseat during those years. I didn't feel the urge as much to do 30-hour days. And I came back much, much calmer. My temperament was much cooler. There was uh, less irritability. And one of the reasons why I've had such a long, successful career is family support, my own spirituality, which helped me become calmer. I have a sense of, of calmness. Sometimes I still lose it, but I never it never gets out of hand. Mm. And of course, talent and hard work. I wouldn't like to put it in any order, whether hard work comes number one or talent comes number two, spirituality comes number three. And you know something? It's a basket, are, of, everything. It's a basket of everything. And I don't know whether some people feel that spirituality when they go to the gym. I know a lot of people who work on their bodies and because of their work on their body, they are so present because they're concentrating on their breath when they're doing rep, reps and repetition. Or sports people, you've played competitive sport. Or when you, Mirang, were on the court playing tennis, you were so in the moment when you had to hit that forehand and backhand and you were in a tournament in the juniors and getting beaten or beating somebody that it became spiritual. Spirituality is being in the moment, is not thinking of the past, not thinking of the future, but thinking of the here and now. And that's what uh, what helped me uh, really prolong my career, extend it. I know I've got a, God forbid, I mean, unless something were to happen, touch wood, I've got a good uh, few decades ahead of me, man. I've been building up to one particular question. You said that your parents, uh, they're corporate people, high achievers in the corporate world. You're the first in your family, you and your brother, to get into the media world. When you guys started off, it was 
it was a very different world of radio sound was different you guys are pioneers in this field but over the years things have changed right for instance right now i am sitting with you on a podcast that i'm hosting myself and distributing myself things have changed a lot over time a lot of new people have come in a lot of new pressures have come in as i said before there are a lot of people to pull you down because they want your spot uh there's a lot of insecurities there's a lot of different problems and no one knows these insecurities and these issues more than you tomorrow if one of your daughters or both your daughters come up to you and says dad i want to follow your footsteps i want to get into this world and i want to do this as my career what is your first reaction going to be are you somebody who will say okay let me help you or would you say okay how about we look at something else because we had a conversation when i was much younger and you asked me that do whatever you want in life have a plan b exactly the reaction that i gave you my friend i'm here for you i'll help you uh go for it have a plan b nothing changes i'm not the types who will turn around and paint horror stories oh my god this profession is so hard and tough and all professions are hard and tough you've got to give it your all do it and have a plan b there are people who turn around actors especially will discourage their children saying don't act you know i know this profession is very bad is your children make parents out of you they come into this world perhaps because of your contribution but they don't come into the world because of you right what is rishikesh kanan's plan b to do the theater i was very very keen i was doing a lot of plays in school i was debating doing theater in fact i was with a theater company for the first time when i experienced radio uh we were in a theater company called stage door in delhi one of the guys in the theater group was a guy called roshan abbas and roshan said look here the times of india is starting a radio station called times fm why didn't you go and give it a shot they're auditioning and i was like yeah i remember my mother when she was growing up until very recently listening to mr amin siani saying wow the radio bidakat geet mala and this and that but remember this was the mid 90s and the late 90s radio hadn't gone through a boom as yet there was only all india radio and he said look here it's not a proper radio frequency as it were the all india radio still owns it but they're renting out a few hours to radio midday to uh, times fm and you know you're crazy about music i was the guy in school and college who used to make mixtapes for people you know make cds for people give it give it as gifts people in love with girls would come and say make me a tape Yeah, I, you her. gave me one <laughs> <laughs> so that was my way to show love and compassion and make people feel special just share music and he said you know you're a performer you do theater and he said you know if you get selected you'll get paid 500 rupees a show for a 17 18 year old kid in fy of college in a theater group 500 rupees a king's ransom in the late 90s and early 2000s i tell you it was so greed took over and i said okay i'll go give it a shot so i go into this audio studio and they asked me to write a few bits in radio parlance it's called links so do a 
fake interview with a celebrity, do a fake call with a caller, somebody will masquerade as a celebrity or caller, introduce a song, introduce current affairs. And they actually gave me the CDs to play, put it in and play. I put on the headphones and I start speaking and I'm hearing myself on the mic. Because when you debated in school and college and you did theater, you never heard yourself in the headphones and you never sat in front of this beautiful mic like this, this AKG mic or the Shaw mic that you're using and heard yourself and then you played a song and you go, wow, it combines performing and it combines playing the music that I love and they're going to pay me 500 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, the money doesn't matter, man. I mean, it's for that kid, it mattered. When I look at that kid who was 17 and 18, it's wonderful for him to have some extra pocket money so that he could buy a brand new pair of ripped jeans to impress the girls. But that's how I I really got into it. So if you ask me if that hadn't happened, I would have gone to the National School of Drama. I would have done theater. I would be acting in this in theatrical productions. I would be writing and directing plays and I would have my own theater company. That's what I would have have been doing. You have a daily show on video. You've got two podcasts. You host events. You do a ton of interviews. Now, for someone who's done 18, 19 interviews so far on his podcast, on a very serious note, doing so much content, how do you not repeat yourself? How do you get something fresh every time? You know, just before coming here, I was with Shankar Asan Loy and Nikhil D'Souza, who was a singer. Shankar looked at me and he said, is this our 30,000th interview? <laughs> I was like laughing. <laughs> and I said, yeah, there have been a few. And then the moment, just like now, your colleague there is rolling, when somebody started rolling sound, and these days we also roll cameras because it's also, everything has become so visual. To me, it was a brand new, fresh interview. And I was like, what is the now, the here? This is about them doing Modern Love, a series on OTT. These are the OGs of cinema. How do they talk to an entirely new audience? What is the kind of sound that they've evolved into? And I treated it as an absolute new interview. So present moment awareness to treat the now, the here, as your first ever interview. In your mind, in your subconscious mind, it's never going to be your first ever interview because this, the subconscious mind... We play stuff. You know, will will bring back stuff. But if you are so much in the present, in so much in the present, so as to cut everything out and say, boom, I'm here, facing that next f- fastball from Jofra Archer and Virat Kohli batting and seeing the ball come out of his hand and trying to see the seam of the ball as it hits the pitch and comes and ricochets maybe off the helmet or the bat. It's the same thing when you're doing an interview, man. Every day is a fresh day if you learn to stay in that moment. In the moment. And get to that spirituality that you were talking about. In the moment. That's it. If you're able to be in the moment. And you prepare. And you prepare. So you put in that effort to know everything there is Study, man. Study. I mean, I love reading. I always say I'm studying for an interview. (laughs) I can say I'm preparing for an interview, but I use the word study. 
what people forget in this day of social media is that yes it's not the toughest job in the world to sit and do an interview anybody can do it but doing an interview right giving justice to your guest and making sure that you've covered the points that actually matter that is a lot harder than anybody thinks about there've been a lot of times in my life at least that i've been kicked down and when you're down people love coming and kicking you has that happened with you can you recall any moments that you've fallen you're down and something somebody said or did to you which is actually negative worked in your favor oh wow yeah yeah there have been many many instances i was with a station called win 94.6 fm you remember that you were a kid at the time very interesting lineup of people there was roshan abbas there was malishka there was myself there was malini agarwal who's now miss malini excellent lineup of people but unfortunately our proprietor at the time ran out of money and he had to shut the station down and in that brief interim i was shopping for new jobs i mean the good news is i had already established myself and people were already calling me and saying oh my god that station shutting down what is it, what's next you want to join us in this net but i still said let me go out into the market and see if i can get a better youth is like that right you're you're always greedy saying okay fine i've got these two offers but maybe i should try and see whether i can get a even better offer so i remember taking a cd of my best talk sections and walking into a prominent i mean v94.6 fm was a hindi station a english station and walking into a prominent hindi station and uh, i'd fixed up an interview with the programming head and i said you know you know the station shut down i'm you know looking for jobs uh, how do you feel and this and that and he called me and i realized later it was on purpose that he made me sit down in front of 8 10 people outside a cabin in a general office floor made me play my links played it very loud and he said what is this it's so outdated you know this warbling this style is just very old school and mind you for heaven's sake i mean i was <laughs> i myself was maybe in my in my 20s at the time man and uh, it was very humiliating and he said no this doesn't work anymore man it's going to be best of luck but this is not what we want so i was humiliated in front of a lot of people and i was told that i was not good enough and uh, Of course I ended up joining then uh, I, I can I don't want to talk about the station and the person but that's the time when I joined Radio Mirchi which at the time was the number one radio station and for me it was almost like having going back to my previous employer because I'd started my career at Times FM and then Times FM had shut down and then Times of India started Radio Mirchi and I eventually didn't speak to that you know when that gentleman humiliated me I went and uh, I, w- I joined Mirchi and I had a successful Hindi career there and I went to World Space had a successful career there that led to Radio 1 a lot of things but at the time I was very humiliated and I said uh, for a brief while I was angry and you jumped uh, a lot haven't you means when I'm talking about jumping you've not stayed on track with one thing you've done Hindi you've done English yeah, you've done Bollywood genres. you've done Hollywood and sports radio for world space they were I doing do remember that you did something with neo sports also yeah yeah i did uh, commentary for the french open um i that is the year when sanya and mayesh were having a great run um i have 
done commentary for the IPL in Hindi in the second edition of the IPL we spoke about a lot of change the recent change that's happened and a lot of people are affected by this change me positively a lot of people negatively is the ott with ott i've realized that <coughs> they don't really care who's who they don't really care that i am this or he was this or that person yeah. is this they care about this is my property and what's best for my property yeah when it came to film uh you would be given probably the first opportunity to interview these stars but when it comes to netflix or it comes to amazon they care more about what or who is going to make me look bigger that's right that's absolutely right how is this your reputation you? doesn't precede you till you prove yourself it's a whole new world it's a whole new world so again you know i was lucky to be at the right place at the right time because i was doing radically different content from what everybody was doing on radio and when the ott boom happened it gave rise to a whole new breed of people in marketing and promotions as a member of the media you deal with the marketing and the comms team the communications teams of various platforms in private film it was always about oh so and so's reputation wow belongs to this place so let's call them here it was about i'm ott man i'm the cool one i'm the cool one i don't want the regular run of the mill stuff who is doing different content who i can align with so when netflix came into this country and then amazon and then disney plus hotstar now eventually z5 and sony live and i started getting invites and i always one thing that is should be in good stead is i never ever am condescending or look down upon newness whereas the so called traditional media didn't even run after them because they didn't take them seriously and they said oh you know let's just concentrate on the theatricals and the akshay kumars and you know the shahrukh khans of this world who also i give a lot of respect to it's not as though i disrespect them and then you suddenly it exploded be, it exploded yeah. now everybody wants a piece of the pie but unfortunately they don't get it but i was i wouldn't say i did it because i saw the future potential and oh i'm going to become bigger with this i just thought at that moment i need to ride the crest of the wave and this is change and i have to be there as far as change is concerned why that mirang let's talk about the social media buzz how many times have i called you to understand Instagram and YouTube and Facebook because I wanted to learn from you. I've called you at odd times with odd requests because I realized very early on that if I don't ride the Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook wave I'm going to be left out and it was not an easy thing to do because I'm I was very body conscious. Does that still bother you? No it doesn't because one fine day I just got rid of that. and that i have to thank my family for because when you come back home to two little girls and a beautiful woman who think that irrespective of what happens outside you'll still be their hero it gives a man supreme confidence you ask your father he will say that he became a man and got tremendous confidence because of his wife and his children and i thought to myself and i said what am i worrying about i'm worrying about whether i look whether i have a double chin or whether i'm fat i'm batman for these kids that is true you know 
I'm bigger than any superhero Nolan built for them. And that to me was so empowering. So I was very hard on myself, like I told you. And about five or six years ago, that changed. I was like, I was this tight balloon and I was punctured and shh. But I will not hold back because I'm having a bad hair day or I'm not looking good. I've gotten over that. Uh, my last question. You got to shut your eyes. You're going to feel like you're in this dark room. Okay, full James Bond villain type dark room. There's a spotlight on you. You have to keep your eyes shut and give everybody one piece of advice. Just one piece of advice. Like your life depends on it. Remember, if this is not great advice or not advice that you live by, which is authentic to you, I can't save you from the bullet that's coming. Learn to love and forgive.